0: CHD3 Detroit KMPS HD3 Seattle WBMX
1: HD3 Boston
2: And on AOL Radio And Yahoo LaunchCast Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky Back to Behind the Paranormal With Paul and Ben Eno Call now 248 545 New skyradio.com. Believe
1: What happens when a UFO researcher becomes an abductee? How does one find out if abductions are real or imagined? If they are real, why are abductions taking place, and who or what is doing the abducting?
3: Hello there, and welcome to the 494th edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. I'm Ben, and those stimulating questions came from my co-host and partner in the paranormal, my dad. So this evening we bring you a, a new take on a familiar subject, and we welcome your calls if you so desire. The number is 248-545-7685. And uh, we apologize
1: for a little bit of technical trouble tonight. Uh, Hopefully the audio will uh, be better. Um, Denise Stoner is the co-author with our frequent guest, Kathleen Marden of The Alien Abduction Files, The Most Startling Cases of Human-Alien Contact Ever Reported. Denise has been involved in UFO research for over 20 years. She is director of the Florida Research Group and a member of the Board of Starborn Support, a group for people in northern New England who believe that they have been abducted by extraterrestrials. She works with several other such groups, especially in Florida. Denise has an academic background in business and psychology and is a certified hypnotist specializing in regressive hypnosis. She worked with Dr. Bob Romack for five years on pain control, smoke cessation, and past life regression research. Denise also worked as a paranormal investigator in the homes of abductees abductees, uh, who felt that they were being visited by spirits following abductions. She recorded evidence of the development of psychic abilities in individuals following their experiences with UFOs and ETs, and worked on a team with Dr. Romack, studying abductees' abilities to locate missing people and predict future events. Denise has also worked for the U.S. military, doing background investigations for personnel seeking highly classified clearances for work on nuclear submarines. She has also instructed personnel for the Naval Air Air Warfare Center in Maryland And Denise has also uh, been a scuba instructor and cave diver. Denise is a real renaissance person here. She has lectured and appeared in the media widely and is moving forward on a number of unusual projects. Her website, www.denisemstoner.com,
3: one word. So, Denise Stoner, welcome to Behind the Paranormal.
4: Hello, I'm so happy to be here tonight.
3: Oh, it's good to have you. So let's uh, start right off the bat, uh, right out of the starting line, if you will. Um, Let's begin with uh, your own uh, abduction experience in Colorado. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
4: Uh, yes. A lot about that. that, you uh, lot about that. Well, that, that was one of the main ones because of all the witnesses and three hours of missing time. And I actually just did a segment for Travel Channel who did a wonderful job for us uh, with no criticism, and no debunking. They just told the story like it is. Um, and they they had actors and actresses playing our parts while we spoke and what happened was my husband and i left our home in denver and went to our camp on a ranch high in the mountains and we had to cross a desert valley called south park valley and it was in the center of two mountain peaks or mountain passes so we packed at five o'clock in august which was summer and wanted to go while the sun was still out. My parents lived in Colorado Springs, so their trip was two hours versus our three. And they were going to go get a campfire going, and my mom was going to cook dinner, and a family friend was going to be there also. So we had done this for years. And my husband and I left. Our daughter was in the back seat. She was a teenager, and she quickly fell asleep because it had been a day that she had had some Uh, physical therapy that she needed, and so forth. So we took off. My husband was worried about our gas mileage, so he set the odometer or the trip meter. And um, we left right on time. So I worked for the National Park Service, the federal government at that time, and I had gotten off work early in the afternoon. We hit the top of one of the passes, Kenosha Pass, early enough to get out for five or ten minutes, stretch our legs, look down over the valley, and the sun was lighting the whole valley. And right at the bottom of Kenosha Pass is a little town called Jefferson. You could see that, and it was divided by the road down the center. And I looked over the pass, and down in the valley, and I could see two lights. I didn't know what they were, if there were some sort of reflection. I had never seen them before, wasn't sure what they were. And we went down right towards the town of jefferson off kenosha pass went through the town of jefferson and about four miles outside that and right in the middle of that glacier valley these lights headed towards our car and very very shortly i saw them coming right above the car i couldn't see them attached to any object i looked at my husband we'd been talking all along on all different subjects And he wasn't moving. He was frozen to the wheel, staring straight ahead. I thought, what happened? Is he going to have a stroke? I I became fearful. I I looked, and the lights were still right above us. And then I became afraid, and I felt the tires on the driver's side begin to scrape sideways in the road towards the, the driver's side of the car. And on the left-hand side of the road, there were big wooden snow barriers to keep the snow from blowing across the road in winter. And the the great big pieces of tumbleweed that could be five feet or more in height, rolling across the road at night and causing wrecks. So I thought, the car's going to get in a wreck. We're going to hit those barriers. And just as I thought that, the car lifted over the barriers and went off into the desert, up in the air. And I was just in complete panic. I didn't know what to do. I couldn't open the door and get out. I couldn't do anything. And then I felt the car settle down in the desert. I was looking up at those lights, and then the next thing I remember is me looking down in the pitch dark. It oh, should have uh, been Denise, 8 o'clock. we have to take
1: a break. Uh, because oh, I'm, sure. I'm kind of out of comms of the studio here. But uh, we will be right back on De- Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS News Sky Radio. Stick with us.
2: All right. Enlighten. Empower. Enrich. This is CBS Radio's The New Sky. New Horizons. No boundaries. Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOL. NewSkyRadio.com.
3: Welcome back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno with our wonderful guest, Denise Stoner, who is in the middle of explaining her uh, abduction experience. So, Denise, please continue.
4: Oh, yes. Um, Well, we found ourselves on the top of the far pass, not recalling at all how we got across that glacier valley. The odometer had not changed at all, and it was now pitch dark 11 o'clock at night rather than just before 8 p.m. We were both panicky. We were both trying to figure out what had happened. The headlights were turned on. We did not turn them on, My husband was looking around. He was realizing something was terribly wrong. I asked him to pull over. He did. And we started to discuss the possibilities. There were none. So we decided we better move on towards the ranch because we had another at least nine miles to go. My parents would be worried. So we continued on, pulled into the ranch. And at that point, my parents were walking down the road with a friend. There were no cell phones back in 1982. And they were going to ask the caretaker of the ranch to knock on the door to use the phone, call the police, the fire department, the hospitals to find out if, in fact, we had been in any of those places. And then if they hadn't had any luck, they were going to go out in the cars and drive the route we were taking to try and look for us to see if we'd fallen off a pass, or were we stuck on the road somewhere. So we rolled down the window, and my dad said where have you been? What's going on? Are you all right? Because we were never more than 10 to 15 minutes late ever in the years we had gone there. And we just looked at him and said, we, we don't know. We don't have an answer. My dad worked in aerospace, both at Aerojet General in California and Command Sciences, as did his friend. And they were ones not to get excited, not to get riled up, but to think things over. And And so they did. My mom, on the other hand, was, I need an answer from you, lady. Um, You know, you're my daughter and what were you up to? (laughs) And so she kept after me and kept after me and I just couldn't tell her anything. So um, I began to have odd dreams and then flashes while I was awake of odd faces, creatures of some kind and some procedure that was done. I recalled some pain. So I called someone that I knew, his name was Dr. Bob Romack, and we did some regressive hypnosis, and I was able to put all the puzzle pieces together, and I had been, we had been abducted.
3: Now, uh, what, what kind of, um, you said you went through uh, regression uh, hypnosis ty- type things like that. Now, how has uh, that influenced your uh, way of thinking now, and uh, when you work with uh, other abductees?
4: It's helped me a great deal to work with other abductees. I have learned to ask them about their story, to listen to the whole story all the way through, to try to connect the commonalities, uh, not to comment too much, and to try and figure out, is this paranormal? What does this have to do with true abduction? what do they believe, where do they stand you know, how panicky are they how are they living their lives I know what I went through, I know where I am now, and of course I work with Kathleen very closely Now and you
3: uh, said you said an interesting term I just want to pinpoint on uh, uh, true abduction, what does that mean?
4: Boy, what is a true abduction? Both Kathleen and I have held aside some markers that we use to help us determine and this is Something I have to say, listen, very carefully, as closely as possible, some things that possible abductees have in common that wouldn't necessarily be out there. It'd be common knowledge. Mm -hmm. So when we hear these things or see these things, we can say, oh, boy, here's another one. Something's happened Uh to this person, and it isn't normal.
1: Uh, Were there any physical... Marks on your body uh, with these abductions? Uh, any anything physical other than the uh, results of the hypnosis session?
4: I had marks on my body. I still have a couple of marks on my body. I have new marks on my body. Kathleen Can you describe tried... them? Oh yes. One is your typical what they call a scoop mark, and it looks like a miniature melon ball scooper went in and removed a piece of flesh. At one time, there were three tiny little BBs you could feel beneath the skin, and they disappeared. Where they went, I don't know. Hmm. But Kathleen has felt that. Um, And not too long ago, within the past year, I went to her because we felt something at my elbow that I knew had been put in there. uh, Well, within the two or three days before I saw her, I had been abducted, and something was inserted in my elbow. We followed it for a week as it tracked and moved down my arm into the back of my hand. And just as we were considering finding someone to remove it, it disappeared. It left no mark, no removal point, nothing.
1: One of the reasons I ask is it's very interesting in itself. But uh, Ben remembers this. He was what were you in '03, Ben? You were uh, 11, right?
3: What no. Uh, well, maybe.
1: <laughs> maybe. I'm no. not sure when you were born, right? Yeah, I was, yeah, was 11. We, we, he came down with me, uh, and the whole family went down to the uh, Paranormal Conference in West Virginia, and uh, Bud Hopkins, first time I met Bud Hopkins, and uh, he and I sat down, and he showed me photographs of such marks, and that, of course, Bud Hopkins being certainly probably the leading expert in, at that time mm-hmm. in alien abduction research, or at least one of the leading experts. And he said that... Uh, and I happen to note that uh, the pictures he was showing me were, in many ways, very similar, if not the same, as uh, would be found on, on poltergeist victims from time to time. Uh, the same uh, sorts of bruises, true. same sorts of marks. And uh, I, I know you you are one of the people who's realizing that there are connections between all these areas. What say you?
4: I say absolutely. Uh, there are some similar marks. We have to try and divide these up into patterns or codes or something, because we have puncture wounds. I had one that was three small punctures, perfect circles in the shape of a triangle. Then we have, of course, in the paranormal, these three scratch marks. But do they have a code to them? When do they become paranormal, and when do they become an abduction case? Um, that, that, or
1: that, that's, really that's really the question. You know, yes. and uh, the, the, the years ago when I started, it was well over forty years, and you've been twenty years. You know, people would um, never the twain would meet. In other words, you know, you'd have UFO researchers, you'd have ghost researchers, you'd have a so-called demonologists, you know, and this bigfoot researchers, and they would, you know, they generally didn't really talk to each other. Or, or but in, in ensuing years, certainly, it, it has become uh, a sort of uh, whether it's a pattern or, or what is is a question. But, but commonalities. Exist have come out particularly in flap situations, uh, the Mothman situation, in the '60s in the Ohio Valley being an example. Uh, cases we're working on, cases I'm sure you're working on, that have uh, have uh, all sorts of seemingly unrelated events, uh, and even even entities, I suppose you might say, and uh, the result being that uh, you begin to question the old-time interpretations of these things. Um, in your case, uh, Denise have. Uh, I, and I understand that these these abductions are still ongoing. Is that the case?
4: Yes. that's. The, okay. They're further apart. They're okay. further and further apart. Um, but I had one about two weeks ago, and this time I had a friend who was possibly taken with me. We're trying to figure that out. Wow. We think that's... she may have... We were sharing a room in a friend's house because there were only so many rooms to go around and several girls went with me to sky watch at a person's house who had been taken before and this one night we think my girlfriend woke up in time to see me being put back in bed and she was scared because I landed in a sitting position my feet and rear end hit the bed at the same time and I started doing some strange things with my head um, and a device, well, a CPAP machine that you use to breathe better at night because I have bad allergies and all kinds of things going on. So that device had been removed from my head, coiled up, shut off, and put down. Now, this friend of mine would wake up if you blink. She didn't. So that was strange. Yeah. Um, so all of that was done without either of us knowing it. I felt myself hitting the bed But I still was not aware enough to know what was going on. I had seen a a gray figure in the corner watching us. She was afraid to try and touch me. There's a whole combination of things we're trying to put together.
1: Okay. And uh, I'm just going to say to to Ben here, just jump in, because we're we're in different rooms because of this technical difficulty tonight. Oh, I
3: know. I know.
1: (laughs) Okay. Uh, We have a call uh, from Steve from the New England UFO Club. And we have a few minutes before break, so uh, Steve, welcome to the
3: show.
5: Hey, <laughs> how you doing, guys?
3: Ah, wonderful. wonderful. Oh, good, good. How are you doing, Steve?
5: Uh, good. Yeah, Good. You... Uh, I'm, lo- I'm looking forward to having you people here in and in, in Lemister, Mass, uh, this weekend coming up.
3: Yep,
1: Steve Fermani, uh we're talking about the New England UFO Conference that's coming up in Lemister, yeah. Mass. We've been uh, talking a lot about that and raffled off some tickets a few weeks ago, and um, uh, we're really looking forward to coming up.
5: Yeah, um, and our uh, guest uh, last
1: week, Bob Schroeder, will be will be one of the speakers, and we will uh, will be promoting that at the end of the show too. Uh, Steve, did you have any uh, anything um, else to say, or did you have a question for uh, our guest, well, Denise Stoner?
5: Well, well, Denise, I wanted to say hi to Denise. Uh, Kathy, Kathy has told me uh, so much about you, um, and as uh, you know, fellow MUFON uh, investigators, I. I never had the opportunity to meet you, but it would be nice to to hear your voice and talk to you for once.
4: Oh, it would be wonderful. I'd like to meet you at some point, too. We'd have so much to talk about.
1: (laughs) Well, I think one one of the things that um, we uh, will probably touch on uh, at the conference, I know that that Kathy, uh, I'm sure, will will do this, is very much like what we're talking about tonight, and that's that's various connections and uh, kind of going beyond some of the old approaches. And, uh, you know, looking at the whole picture as far as the paranormal is concerned, because this obviously is a a, a central theme, abduction and uh, what what it might mean and who's doing it and all this sort of thing, and we hope to get into that also during the rest of the show. Um, And we do have another minute. So, um, yeah, why don't we think about this? Uh, Maybe, Steve, if you want to stay on and join the discussion, you're very welcome to do that, Um, to to talk about perhaps – What some of the implications here may be? Who's doing the abducting? Why is it being done? Uh, Is it something that we can understand, or is it something that is beyond our understanding? One of the things that kind of haunts me a little bit, and maybe Mm -hmm. you can think about this, too, is uh, when we have uh, Steve Bassett, say, uh, on the air. Steve, of course, being one of the the paranormal uh, activists in America, uh, who has um, organized many very interesting conferences, in which uh, Kathy has been there at at some point, and uh, Stan Friedman as well. Uh, in Washington, uh, organizing conferences in reference to uh, just simply the the disclosure issue. And uh, I tend to agree with Stan Friedman that there are some things that should be kept secret, uh, particularly speaking as a military veteran myself. On the other hand, uh, Steve Bassett believes that no matter how horrifying, if that's what it is, the the result or the, the answer might be he wants to know it. So, I might want to get your opinions on that. But in the meantime, we are due for a break, and you're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS New Sky Radio and Radio.com. Stick with us. We'll be right back with our guests.
2: CBS Radio's The New Sky. On the web now. Log on. NewSkyRadio.com.
6: express
2: Kick Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOLVE. NewSkyRadio.com. Believe. Welcome back to
3: CBS uh, CBS News (laughs) Sky. Welcome back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. We are talking with Denise Stoner and uh, Steve Fremonti is on with us as well. So let's get right back to it. Yeah, Steve, uh, Steve
1: Fermani being the uh, of New England MUFON and also the organizer of the first New England UFO Conference and Halloween Festival as well in Leominster, Massachusetts this coming Saturday. Uh, we're looking forward to being there. Ben and I will be hosting the uh, movie venue and interviewing the uh, some of the great speakers, uh, including Travis Walton, the great Travis Walton of... Uh, Fire in the Sky fame uh, between the various films. So, uh, anyway, let's get back to our conversation. Of course, our main guest this evening, Denise Stoner, uh, abductee and UFO researcher. Uh, and uh, we asked, so if you can hold on, if you can, Stephen, you know, ask questions if you're enjoying the conversation. Uh, now, uh, Denise, I wanted to ask you. I know Ben has some questions too, but uh, in reference to um, the ongoing abduction experiences that you've had. Do, do, have you noticed a pattern? Have they changed? Uh, have, have, do you, how much do you remember? Uh, can you just go into some of that?
4: Well, we like to go by uh, what a person brings back in conscious memory before we work with a lot of hypnosis. Now, I have had regression done uh, on this last one because it was different. I wasn't taken in the normal uh, manner. I've always been taken when I was awake. Uh, Well, not always, but the majority of the time. This time, the entity that I always recognize, uh, I call him my escort or my guide, the one that has always kept me calm uh, for some reason, was standing in the shadows. He was there, but he wasn't there to comfort me. I was not Quote, taken by him I don't know what that was all about I still don't know um, it, It's almost like Maybe there was another tracking device Put in Maybe something else was done I don't know But something could have changed um, There are some things that I'm researching and Because I work independently also As Kathleen does Outside the realm of MUFON That's just something that I do, and I'm going to be giving a class very soon. I'm going to have some abductees. Matter of fact, it's going to be on November 9th. I'm going to have abductees. I am going to have a couple of mediums. I'm going to have everyday folk, and I'm going to give that psychic class where they get to test their abilities as I teach it, and then I'm going to combine all those efforts, and at the end I have three cold cases that I will give some light remote viewing on, and we'll see who has what abilities. If that works out well, I'll give several more. And okay. we'll see what happens with these abductees, because we need to, to advance this research. and now, Steve, work with, Go okay. ahead.
1: No, oh, no, I was just going to ask Steve. Steve, what's your opinion of using mediums in UFO research?
5: Um, well, it, 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 <laughs> it, it all depends on what you mean by media. I mean, there's there's uh, there's so many things going on. You you have uh, your regular TV shows. You have, have a oh lot no, lot of mediums,
1: garbage, as in sayon. Like
5: and, and and if, you, if you're going to talk about that, then you have to go into the internet. And what what else is out there? Um, oh, all right. I I agree with Denise uh, about the uh, you know how, how, how things have to be handled. Uh, I mean, uh, there's there's just so many things going on, but, uh, I mean, basically, the reason I formed my other organization that I have, which is called the uh, World Association for Truth in Ufology, Mm -hmm. is because of what's going on online and on television where they, they pose all of these conspiracy theories. And 99% of the people that put this stuff about UFOs on TV aren't telling you the truth. I, I've been, shock. I, yeah, I, I've, I've had producers call me about being on a, a new TV show about UFOs. And I said, well, what are you going to talk about? How are you going to handle it? And they said, "Well, we're going to do it, you know, the, like these other TV shows go." I said, "Well, I can't do that. I can't promise you that." I,
1: I hear you, my friend. I hear you because that same things happened to us.
5: Mm. Yeah, you, yeah, you that, have-
4: that's absolutely right. Um, so my response to all that is: find out for yourself. Research it. Run test yeah. after test. Research exactly. after research until you have some answers. Or you can say, I don't know. I don't have the answers right now, but I'm going to keep looking.
1: Well, well I, I uh, uh, stepping you on your questions it. here?
3: Hey. No, 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 go for it.
4: You okay. go, you're,
1: you're I, I want everybody's opinion on this. The use of mediums, okay, as spiritual mediums or spiritualist mediums, psychic mediums in this field is something, in my experience, relatively new. I'll tell you the trouble I've had with mediums, and, and I respect many of them. Uh, and I respect their use. And uh, but I've here's a, here's an example of a problem I ran into. This was in uh, northern New York and uh, southern Ontario when I was in the 70s. I was in the seminary, and I was very skeptical about a lot of things. And I ran into a case where there was a medium who interpreted a presence as a man waiting. It was, this was in a hospital too. A, a man waiting uh, who'd already died waiting for his wife to die and he was going to take her home. Well, I did, dug into that, and and to make a long story short, I found out that the man, in my interpretation, was in a parallel reality, if you will, parallel world, you know, as in the multiverse we're always talking about, was waiting mm-hmm. in a rail station across the river in a parallel reality, was waiting for his wife to come back on the train, and then he was going to take her home. Nobody was dead here. So, I mean... Mm-hmm. Maybe well, I, I was get wrong, that. but, but this—you know—the the mediums have seemed to be married to this 19th-century spiritualist idea, mm-hmm. and I'm wondering, some of them anyway, w- w- whether they could help or gum things up. I don't know. What, what say you, you two, on that? Well, uh, go as ahead, far Denise.
4: as as far as what I would say is, here's what I'm doing. I'm not saying I believe in that. I will not say that. But I need to test all theories, so I am taking a possible medium and the best. Possible of those This one that I'm going to have come in To see just what kind of ability she has
1: no, I respect uh, because that Because
4: she, number one, works with the police department In locating missing people She's had very, very good luck with that Okay She's She has yeah. um, done a lot of work helping people As far as finding missing objects Very, very much in the field uh, As far as helping out and being able to prove it to me so Sounds we'll like a
1: sensible
4: her, thing to do. Yeah. Yes, so that's how I'm working that. She will sit in the class. She will take the class with everybody else. And then the end result will be I will study the results of that course for each section that we take. Let's say working with pendulums, reading each other, do a reading for each other. All of those things will be compared. Did the common p- person do as well as the abductee as well as the... As the medium. How did that pan out? That's how I'm doing. That's how I'm working with it.
1: Yeah. Oh, just, uh, I want to give you a chance to talk about your book, but just uh, w- one of the things I ran into was uh, at least Ben and I are very skeptical, not to speak for Ben, but we're both very skeptical of the information sources sometimes, you know, that, that we receive. And, you, and I know I know that you are very sensible in that direction. Right, too. as I am. Yeah, absolutely, Steve. Yeah. So uh, what say uh, you on that?
5: Um well I, I think that uh the UFO phenomena is complicated enough in itself. I I uh I have formed uh like a brothership with the uh, Starborn support. Yes.
6: Organization.
5: I am too. I I disagree with a lot of their findings and and a lot of the things, but I do agree that they bring things to the public about abductions and different things, and that they do help abductees by having support groups. However, I have formed a brotherhood with them as a, uh, and they've accepted that, uh, as a, a nuts and bolts investigator, to give them more credibility to the organization Uh, and I think that that's what we need I think there's room for both but under the circumstances where uh, basically if you talk about the, uh, the psychic realms or anything else uh as opposed to UFOs and abduction experiences in them in themselves, uh, I, I think you're talking about two different, two different levels the, uh, you have to you,
4: you have to be very, very careful because all I'm looking at is some of the abductees that come back and appear to have a heightened psychic ability. Why do they do they really? I'm taking a look at that. I will never bring a medium into an abduction case, ever. I won't do exactly. that. Yeah, um, sure. But I want to compare. Do they really have heightened psychic abilities? They appear to, and if they do, why? Where is this coming from, and how long does it last? Um, that type of thing. It's research.
5: I, 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 exactly, uh, uh, Denise. I, uh, but my feelings on it are uh, that um, there's a time and a place for everything. Right. And that the, um, the the abduction phenomena and UFOs are hard enough to, uh, to bring to the public eye and educate people on, without them snickering at us. Oh, yes. Without, without adding to the confusion by putting the psychic in the other realm. I, I say that we continue to do uh, abduction and UFO uh, uh, research in public and on the side. Mm-hmm. We, we can do this stuff. We can do that. We can form organizations. But I, I just don't think that it helps ufology by having these organizations uh, on, on that should be on the side and working with us, working against us by Putting out, uh, you know, other claims that, that just really cloud the
1: whole issue. Well, we'll up think... on another break, folks. I'll have to. We'll continue the duel as when we come back. But you're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS News Sky Radio, newskyradio.com and radio.com. We'll be right back. So stick All with right. us, and we'll keep your friendship.
2: So, enlighten, empower. Enrich. This is CBS Radio's The New Sky. New horizons, no boundaries.
6: Well,
0: I just the news today. is going to change. i close my eyes, begin to pray, then tears of joy stream down my face.
2: Yes Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now 248-545 <laughs> soul. Leave.
3: Welcome back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno and we have our uh, guests with us, Denise Stoner and uh, Steve Fermani, and they're going to be uh, telling us about their books, events and all that other good stuff.
1: All right. So, Denise, uh, if you would tell us about uh, Alien Abduction Files and your website and where people can find out more about you.
4: Uh, yes, the Alien Abduction Files, the most startling cases of human-alien contact ever reported. And you can find that if you want a autographed copy at com. You can also order it on Amazon. It's in bookstores, etc. And... The next place I'm appearing is at the Daytona Museum of Arts and Sciences. This coming Saturday night it's going to be quite a show. Only four speakers, but an awful lot going on with Hollywood costume designers and psychics and et cetera, et cetera. A little bit of everything.
1: That's in Daytona, Florida.
4: That's Daytona, Florida. Very good.
1: Okay, and also, now your co-author, Kathleen Martin, will be a speaker this weekend, this Saturday, at the first New England UFO conference, and we happen to have the organizer who was called in. Steve, if you'd tell us, tell us about the conference.
5: Oh, the conference is going to be great, because we've uh, kind of toned it in with Halloween weekend. Uh, on, uh, the, the conference itself is on, uh, on the 26th, on a Saturday, but on the 25th, we have uh, two things happening. Lemister, Massachusetts, has a thing has a thing called the uh, Haunting of Babbitt Park, and they have uh, it's one of those Halloweeny type of you grow up in the woods and it's monsters that come out and scare you. So we, get, we got that uh, coming on that night, and from seven to nine at the at the uh, Barnes and Noble bookstore in Lemister, we're going to have a book signing with all of our major speakers. But that—that's going to start the event off, and from eight thirty in the morning until nine thirty uh, in the evening, we're going to have—I mean—speakers at Stan Friedman, Kathy Madden, Peter Robbins, uh, I, I, and and uh, Travis in the evening. This—this this just came up, and this—this is, this is a major, major breakthrough. I mean, uh, I. Went into uh, negotiations uh, like about a week ago, and we we we've gotten uh, uh, Travis Walton and uh, and Steve Pierce from the uh, 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 Travis Walton abduction case. But, I mean, this, this is going to be a huge event. It's going to be. Well, huge. sounds
1: great. Yeah, well, we'll be looking forward to seeing you there, and Ben and I will be there too. Uh, hosting yeah. the movie venue and the townhouse, it will be in Leominster, Massachusetts, at the city hall. And uh, what's the website people can find out more about it, Steve?
5: Oh, well, all you have to do is just uh, just Google N E U F O C O N, and that'll get you there.
1: Great. Okay. Well, Steve, thanks very much uh, for calling okay, in. We'll can see I mention on one more
5: thing? Sure. Yeah. Um, ticket ticket sales we've extended them till. Uh, midnight on the 24th but after that or if you can't get online to get to get tickets you can also email me and I'll hold them for you at the door for the discounted prices at nemufondir at gmail.com or you can call me at 978 uh, 978- 728-4331, and I'll uh, I can I can reserve them for you for the for the uh, original and you know for the discounted ticket prices because uh, I want to remind everybody that after that time, if you go to the door, it's going to be thirty five dollars a ticket.
1: Okay, and there was a link to that site on the behind the paranormal website. Okay, well, Steve, thanks for calling in, and we'll look forward to seeing you on Friday.
5: Indeed. Well, thank you, too. Nice to meet you, Denise.
1: Nice to meet you, too, Steve. Okay. Okay, Denise, we, we, we just have another minute. Uh, ben, do you, did you have a final question for Denise?
3: Uh, I do not. Because... Okay, well,
1: I do. Uh, Denise, in the long run, what do we really know about abductions and who's doing them and what they're for, what the purpose might be? Do we really know anything for Sure.
4: We know that people have been taken since way, way back. I mean, for as long as I can, I can track. Uh, also, the baby boomers, many, many of us, and that we're still being taken. And they're trying to tell us that they're friend, not foe. Most of us feel that way. And I think they're trying to save us from ourselves and save themselves for a, a future universe. Hmm. I, I think it's all good. I don't want it to stop for me because I'm still learning. Is it possible?
1: Well, we're all still learning. Is it possible that um, these are time travelers? That's one theory that came up in the Rendlesham case and, and elsewhere.
4: I want to say time travels, but dimensional, multi-dimensional. They know something we don't, and yeah. how to get and how to get there. It's way beyond the bubble theory or the string theory or any of these physics things that are so hard to comprehend they've, <laughs> they've got the gist of it <laughs>
1: yeah sometimes I think uh, we know more than they do I don't know well in any case uh, Denise it's been a tremendous pleasure to have you with us and well, thank um, you. once again why don't you just give the name of the book and the
4: website uh, yes it's the alien abduction files the most startling cases of human alien contact ever reported and I am Denise M. stoner.com
1: very good Okay, Denise, we'll be in touch off the air, and thanks so much.
4: Thank you so much.
1: Okay. All right, folks, I just have some announcements here before we close out the show. Uh, This is the big weekend you just heard about. Ben and I will be in Leominster, Mass on this Saturday, the 26th, to co-host the movie venue and do live audience interviews with the speakers at the first New England UFO conference. Among the speakers will be some of the UFO experts who are regulars on our show, Stanton Friedman, Kathleen Martin, Peter Robbins, and the famous Travis Walton of Fire in the Sky fame. And Steve Pierce as well, and there will be an outdoor Halloween festival going on at the same time. Uh, we had announced that we ourselves were going to be speakers, and we were uh, Steve all Steve Hermani, whom you just heard, was going to be as well. But we we the three of us stepped aside so that Travis Walton could speak uh, in the evening. So, but we will be there doing the interviews. You can come and ask uh, during the
3: interviews, ask questions of the speakers yourself. Brady, so we are uh, just about out of time we got a little less than a minute left so many thanks to our producer brandon jackson and we will see you next week on october 27th where we'll bring you an open line show to discuss your thoughtful your thoughtful comments and questions on all paranormal subjects you can write to us at all at behind the paranormal.com or you can use our facebook page
1: And uh, tune into our Boston Providence drive-time show on W-O-O-N, 1240 a.m. on onworldwide.com at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 Pacific, every Monday. And we leave you this evening with a thought from North American inventor Alexander Graham Bell. When one door closes, another opens. But we often look so long and so regretfully upon the closed door that we do not see the one that is open for us. I'm Paul Eno.
3: And I'm Benny Eno, and thanks for joining us on a great cosmic journey, and we shall see you next time.